amazing entrepreneurs. Welcome back to Student Entrepreneur 101. For this episode, I will be speaking with Hawkins Golden, founder and CEO of Yobi, a protein yogurt snack that fuels active individuals to live their most happy, productive, and awesome life. Hawkins is a USC alum and is now in UCLA's MBA program at UCLA Anderson, where he is also working on his own healthcare app, LuvoCare. For this episode, we'll be speaking about his experience with Yobi and his entrepreneurial journey. Keep listening to hear what Hawkins has to say about Yobi, the startup process, and more. Hawkins, welcome to Student Entrepreneur 101. Thank you for being here today. To start, please say hello and share one recent entrepreneurial breakthrough you and your team at Yobi have had. Okay, hey guys. I mean, I say every day is a learning, like if you're in entrepreneurship, every day is a learning uh, moment, except because entrepreneurship is pretty chaotic. It's, I mean, always probably if you start mm-hmm. something like you got a lot of things going on, like, you know, like someone quits, you have to find work, especially if you're a lean startup student like me, like, you know, I bootstrapped this myself. And so like, I don't pay top dollar for certain positions, you know, so people leave often. And, um, so that's been cool. You know, I've gotten a lot of reception. I mean, like, for instance, like someone quit like four months ago and I posted on my channel and then like no one, I got a couple responses. And then the second time, this time I got like a bunch of people that are my customers saying, I want to help. I want to do. And I feel like that was like a really good moment for my company where it's like, wow, like the world's providing. And that's, I mean, I don't know if y'all know much about my company. My company is Yobi. We sell vegan coconut protein yogurts with 10 grams of almond protein and no added sugar, only one gram of sugar. They're keto, paleo, dairy-free, gluten-free, all types of free, except for free. (laughs) And, um, you know, people love them since day one. uh, I mean, I'm not making that much money, especially in the beginning, I wasn't like, but I kept getting everyone like posting about it unsolicited. It was wild. Like, so Mm -hmm. honestly, I guess my customers keep me coming back. And delivering great product. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And you bring up a really good point, especially, you know, in the early stages, being a lean startup, you have to, you know, be quick on your feet and be creative when it comes to, you know, building your team and building that, um, you know, that solid customer base. So that's awesome that you're doing that and it's a learning process as you go and you seem to be thriving at it. So congrats. That's awesome. Now to kick off the interview here, why don't we start by talking about what inspired Yobi? Can you share the moment of inspiration? Like where were you? Who were you with? And maybe what was going on at the time? Um, so my story of how Yobi started is a little interesting, probably not mm-hmm. as normal as some other ones, but so about 10 years ago, I got sent to rehab, a great time, you know? So basically mm-hmm. I dropped the booze and what you do there is you pick up a lot of coffee. And so I was in rehab drinking a lot of coffee and I had a yogurt later that day that was strawberry, delicious yogurt. And I was like, what if I could have the feeling of caffeine in a delicious yogurt? Mm-hmm. So like the truth is like, that's where the idea came from for Yobuzz. I went to market as a company called Yobuzz. And um, I honestly sat, I learned how to do it and made some stuff, but I always was too scared to really go out to random people. Cause that's like entrepreneurs, everyone has ideas. A lot of people have a lot of business plans and they're, the business plans are on a shelf dusted or on a hard drive, never seen the light of day. 
and or a lot of people ideas that are just in their soul in their heart and you know i was one of those guys and like you know i did some work i knew that i could do it but like i was just too scared to go out and give it to random people and get rejected because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a starting a business you're going to get rejected in the beginning and so anyways um you know, I, I got into UCLA's Anderson's MBA program, and mm-hmm. I don't know if people will probably figure out from this interview that I'm not really your typical suit and tie guy. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do this. I'm here to get the resources and stuff. Like, this is my time to, like, fail and fail fast and get punched in the face. And, um, you know, so I went out there on the Venice Boardwalk, was giving dairy caffeinated yogurt to people. And people, people, a lot of people say they like it, but like the most rewarding ones were always the ones that were like spitting it out and saying like, this tastes like blah. And like, cause then I could be like, okay, great. Um, I'm sorry, but <laughs> like, is it the texture? Is it the sweetness? Is it um, the consistency? Cause those people give you like feedback. And so basically getting like criticized a bunch i went back to the lab and kept r&ding it r&ding it until like basically anyone that tries it's like this is amazing like i'm gonna buy 10 so mm-hmm. yeah. that's my story oh i went to the and then i went to the farmer's market as yo buzz doing the caffeine thing right like, it was like yeah i don't know it's so fun yeah and like people loved it they're all, so they're like man this tastes like ice cream like i'm like okay caffeine ice cream not really and then people are like you know i would love to give this to my kid because it, it has no sugar and it tastes like ice cream so like i was like all right rebranded it to yobi and we've been going since as that yeah wow that's that's an incredible story thank you and i love how you bring out the importance of you know putting yourself out there and, you know, especially with the first beginning, like the very, very beginning stages of an idea, willing to be vulnerable and get that market feedback, go out and say, you know, Hey, what do you like? What could be better? And then working with that instead of giving up, you know, as many people do, you said, anyone can have a really great idea, but it's, you know, when you decide to get out there and go test the market that you can really move forward. And that's exactly what you did. And thank you for sharing that. That's a really great example. Yeah, my thing is like, I mean, I'm in my MBA at UCLA. It's a great program, fantastic. But like writing a business plan is great. It's business plans always change. Mm-hmm. Names and ideas change. But like the only way you can like create a business is if you're providing a great experience for customers. And the only way to find out if you have a good business is by talking to them and giving whatever low quality version that you have in the beginning, because they're going to tell you what they like and don't like. And then you just go back to the, the drawing board and like mm-hmm. learn because- it's all about relation, like delivering a great experience in my, in my end. And, um, if you're listening right now and you have an idea, go out there and, um, take some rejection because through that rejection, you might get that a billion dollar business. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Thank you. Um, now you did touch on this a little bit. Um, so in the beginning stages, it seemed like you did have something holding you back, you know, before you decided to actually act on Yobi and like go move forward with the idea. And it was, you know, a little bit about maybe the fear of rejection, the fear of failure. Um, and so how did you overcome that? Like what drove you to actually go out and test the market? Can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, I'm a pretty confident guy. I always have been, you know, so, but I think I'm also like, I'm guessing this is going to be a, like a student led, like audience and so like being a student at a school like UCLA I went to USC for undergrad like 
you're pretty like you're usually going to be pretty smart or like have like a sense of self that is such that like you're going to do well and you want to do well so like i don't know i just felt like i didn't want to like go out there and hear my ideas stupid basically Mm -hmm. or like get laughed at um and um you know at this point in my life i guess I got into UCLA and um, for my MBA and I was just in a time where I wanted to create like massive change. And, um, you know, I wanted to find my purpose and I realized that like, no one's going to do it for me. Mm. Nothing gets handed on a gold platter. I mean, maybe your family has money or whatever, some resources, but like, even so, like you have to go out and do it and no one's going to do it unless you do it. So I just had a moment where I was like, you know what, it's time to do this, like time to grow up and um, see, you know, you can always try something like, like worst case scenario. I go out there. Everyone's like, this is terrible. This is a terrible idea. I wasted like three grand. Say if I wasted like four grand, say if even wait, I think I wasted like, say if it was 10 grand, say if I spent 10 grand to start this and in four or five months, I realized, Hey, this is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. best money I ever spent because I know one that idea doesn't work that's not the idea and just in entrepreneurship in general like doing the process you learn how to do it so like mm-hmm. I, I'm starting other businesses as well now because like I know like okay I got punched in the face today that's fine what can I learn from that and then you can like it's an experience like it's the only it's just it's practice like mm-hmm. even if you have an idea it's not going to be successful just going out there and trying it it's like practice for when you actually have that great idea you know how to execute yeah absolutely i think you hit the nail right on the head there because you say i mean entrepreneurship is just learning by doing and understanding that yeah you can maybe fail today or have a temporary defeat today, but you know, you can always overcome it. There's always something to learn from it. And that's awesome that you use that practice and mindset every day. Something I want to talk more about is if you could speak a little bit about how mentorship maybe played a role in the early development of Yobi. I know you mentioned you're in an MBA program at UCLA Anderson. So maybe you found mentorship there, but um, is there anything you can say about mentorship and how that's helped you in Yobi? At some point when I was like coming back and making it like and doing it, one of my fraternity brothers from USC, he started a company called U-Bar, which was a like customizable protein bar company. And he did really well. And so after I like got some like, I felt like I was doing some good stuff. I mean, I talked to him wait like five years ago when I was too scared. And he was like, he was the one that was like, all right, bro, like go out to Soul Cycle in front of it and give out samples. And I was like, that was that was when the idea died. That was when it died. He gave the oh. idea. That was the right direction, the right move. And I was just like too scared. And so anyways, then I went out, started doing it. I mean, he's been helpful for me. Like he helped me R&D my product. I, have, I paid for a consultant who's kind of a friend and like helps me out now. Who's like food scientist from Cornell. She's grown. And then um, there's one other that I mentioned. Like one of my other good fraternity friends is just like a business owner, entrepreneur. Like I talked to him like, hey, bro, like what's going on with this? My margins. And like, you know, you have like what I'm trying to say is like, but there's one other from USC. His name's Matt Meyer, who is a, uh, he works in manufacturing. He loves like manufacturing equipment. So like, I would always call him like, to like help me like if, maybe be more efficient at my small startup, like scale. And he really, really helped me like get my process down. Um, 
they like lives in another state. So like, I mean, all these people, all these people, most of them, it's just phone calls. So like, you don't need to be seeing them in person as long as you know that they know what they're talking about, which you'll find out fast. And they're if they're challenging you to a great degree, like that's good too. But like, you can have a lot of different types of mentors. Like at the end of the day, your life is who you surround yourself with. And like, if you're surrounding yourself with people that just have business plans on hard drives, or if you're surrounding people with, with that are out there, like failing every day, like it's up to you who you want to associate with. So like, cause you're going to have dark days in entrepreneurships. Like today at the market, I sold the late least I have like six months mm-hmm. and it's like, in the beginning of doing this, I would have been like, it's over. This is not going to work. I should give up what's going on, but I've been punched in the face. I love this. I'm saying punched in the face all the time right now, but like, I've been punched in the face so many times that like, I'm like, all right, cool. Like this happens. It is what it is. Like tomorrow will be a new day. And a lot of great things are happening anyway, since that point. So, but, um, but it's also nice to have people that have been like, punched in the face entrepreneurially so like they can basically be like hey bro it's okay like that happens to me all the time like it's going to be another day so absolutely yeah you are exactly right and I love that you brought that up because something I hear a lot especially in the field of entrepreneurship is that your network is your net worth and it's really important who you decide to surround yourself with because you know if you're going to be in a group of people who it's like wishful thinking versus the people who get out there and go actually build and start businesses, who you surround yourself with and who's, you know, who who's qualified to help you, right? People who do versus people who just sit and, you know, maybe just think about their idea and never execute. And so that's um that's a really good important point that you just made. So thank you so much for that. And it seems like, you know, through your entire network, it's important to keep connections alive from people that you, you know, you meet along your journey because you never know how they can come back and help you in different ways when, when you need it. Now let's jump into discussing your launch process. What was it like? And was there a certain strategy you used? You know, I would like be in my kitchen, cooking it, you know, like talking to people and just like going out to the boardwalk and Venice beach, like giving out samples and like getting feedback and Okay, so I'm doing the the Venice Boardwalk stuff. And at some point I'm like, yo, these people aren't looking to buy food. (laughs) They're just walking in Venice. And um, Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I need to go to a place where people are shopping for groceries. So I I went to the farmer's market because people are going to buy groceries for the most part. Some people go just like be at the farmer's market and take some pictures, but like buy some flowers. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was the, like the moment when everyone's like, dude, this tastes amazing. This tastes like ice cream. My, my, so I guess let's start with the end goal. Do you, is that okay? Can Absolutely. we go that? Yeah. Cause that might be helpful. in like me telling this. So like yeah. the end goal for me is to be selling these to Walmart. And like, this is, this is an actually basically a Matt Meyer thing. I kind of like took his idea, the, the guy from SC mm-hmm. and I meant one of my mentors, he's my like same age as me, but like, he's like, look, bro, you want to be in Walmart at the end. And so, okay. But he said like a Walmart in like Arkansas. So like when I was developing my product, I wanted it to taste as much like a McDonald's milkshake as possible because I wanted someone that basically, this is the vision I have that someone goes to Walmart with their daughter. The daughter's like, Hey dad, buy this. The dad tries it. It's like, wow, this is amazing. This tastes good. And then the daughter's like, yeah. And it's vegan. 
And then the dad, dad's like, I didn't know that, but it tastes good. So like, that was my like goal. And in the process for like scaling purposes, because like right now my product is perishable because um, it's yogurt. And um, there's a process through aseptic filling or hot filling through my pouches. I sell my pro- uh, pouches. I sell my products in fitment pouches. Um, I'm getting my customers used to that and people love it. Kids love it, uh, especially um, there's a process that will make them shelf stable at ambient temperatures, meaning like for one to two years, they can just be in your pantry or in your backpack, like hiking or like anything. So the use case for my product is good. Mm-hmm. So like, that's where we're going. And I'd say we're like six weeks, uh, six months away. Like I've, I've figured out the R and D the pH about right. But um, anyways, I'm being too nerdy, but I went to the farmer's market. People love them. The kids were loving them. I rebranded and like, there's no making it. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I, I, I get, I get where you're coming from, but like, I guess you would say there's like signposts of like, Hey, keep going. And for me, like starting out a business in the food industry is like the worst business to ever start out. And like, just everyone says that that's in the food industry. I don't know if you've interviewed them, but they all say it. It was really just the customer's feedback. You know, they kept like posting and just loving my product and just the amount of love I got. It's like, all right, they're paying me and they're like marketing for me. I mean, Erwan reached out my first two weeks of doing it in the farmer's market. So like that was also some validation. I declined that for multiple reasons, but um, I mean, so there's, yeah, I'd say there's product market fit. So That's awesome. And uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I know you've definitely riffed on this a little bit earlier in this interview, I want to talk a little bit about the challenges that Yobi has faced and maybe how you and your team have overcome them. Because I feel like sometimes entrepreneurs experience what we talked about, right? That, that punch in the face, that temporary defeat. And, you know, whether or not it's like raising enough funding, not getting another investor, not reaching your sales goals, um, whatever it is, I feel like definitely it's these moments of hardship in our journey that like, you know, test our idea and our belief and our mission, what we're doing. Um, and so what some of our listeners wanted to know in particular is um, during it, any point of hardship that Yobi has had, uh, has there ever been a time where you felt so overwhelmed and maybe doubtful, exhausted, and you considered giving up on Yobi? And how, how did you overcome this? How did you push forward? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of dark hours in entrepreneurship just in general. So like, if you're looking for an easy, chill job, do not recommend it. Like I keep saying, like, you gotta be willing to like get rejected a lot and have bad things happen because the world is chaos and you're trying to navigate that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely been times where I'm like, like I said in the beginning where like, I'd have a bad market and I'd let that define me or define my business and like it just you know there's some days when people are out of the beach or like there's some days where people just aren't into your product but like like you have to go through enough times of those for you to have like level-headedness and like if I had jumped ship the first time I got rejection we wouldn't be this far and like like I also said with my friends that are like like mentorish to a degree, like they started multiple businesses and I call them just like once a like three weeks to be like, Hey bro, what's up? This is what's going on. They're just like, look, bro. Like I'm like, they're like, well, what's your gross margin? And I'm like, okay, this, they're like, well, dude, you're doing great for your first year. Like they like had me look at another aspect of my business that's doing well. And like, then, then, then that's that, you know, like you got to sometimes like on bad days, take a step back, be like, Hey, this isn't me. This is a business. 
you're going to have days when sales aren't good. So you were getting really into detail about uh, shelf life and, you know, you know, exploring the, the different types of packaging for Yovi. And so I think, and how, you know, <laughs> the food industry is one of the more challenging places to enter, especially in entrepreneurship. Um, so that leads me to my next question. What is it like entering the food industry? You know, when I think about food startups, I imagine all these complex processes and regulations, you know, FDA approval. And so like quality control, and you were talking about packaging, inventory, uh, can you walk through like what it's like navigating the, these different steps and processes and like what's, what it's been like for you at Yobi? I mean, we live in California. California is a very regulated place. When you're selling in retail or if you're selling at farmer's markets, if it's not cottage food laws, like which you could maybe make like granola bars or like some, like you can make certain items just out of your kitchen. So if you're trying to go the farmer's market route or like look into cottage laws to see if like your food item goes in there, but like my product inform, uh, unfortunately like resembles yogurt, which is fermented, which means it's like, it can go bad fast and okay. can be unsafe to people. So I had to get like, I had, well, one, I have to uh, cook in a commercial kitchen, which is like one of the hardest parts about this is because like, I have to spend like a thousand dollars a month on a place to cook these, mm -hmm. even if it's just like 20 hours. No, I, like I probably cook like, mm, I'd say like 32 to 36 hours, probably like 32 hours a, a month. And I'm paying a thousand dollars to do that. And like, obviously creating efficiencies there is important. So like I had to hire someone to pouch while I'm cleaning and stuff. And like, you know, I have to look at my unit economics to see if I'm like actually doing well or not um, on the manufacturing side. But like the food industry, I mean, everyone says it's a tough industry. It definitely is. But like, if you're passionate about it and you believe in it, like who cares? Like, it's like, it's your life Do What makes you happy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And it seems like, you know, once you're in it and once you've, you, you know, spent a little time learning the ropes, you know, it, get, it gets easier as it goes, right? You figure out your system and you have that going for you. But yeah, it's all about understanding the processes, getting to know, you know, what the different steps are, procedures, regulations. Yeah. Awesome. And it's tough, but if, if you like it and that's, you know, where you see your passion, then go for it. Like you said, of course. I have any words of advice. If you're trying to start a food business, just make sure it's not perishable because it just creates way more issues. Like for shipping, you can't, it's harder to do online shipping. I figured it out, but like, it's hard to do online shipping and retail. You're, you're, you're fighting for refrigeration space, which is limited in grocery stores. And then most other retail stores, there's zero fridge. So like, that's my word of a guidance for people just, but if it's super perishable and you freaking love it and your passion exudes, then do that. It can be difficult, but if you really believe in what you're doing, you'll find a way, you'll find a way to make it work. I want to talk a little bit about the Yobi community. How have you built a community around Yobi? In other words, like how have you attracted, maintained and built relationships with your customers? So what I've been doing so far is I haven't really been posting that much because like I'm still like, like I, like right now, because I wasn't ready for online sales. That's the, the truth. Cause I knew, I know that like one of our videos is going to blow up at some point on TikTok and Instagram. So like, I didn't want to like, I was investing more in making sure like my product's right. And then we can nationally sell it to the lower 48. So that's been my priority there. But like every time I'm at the farmer's market, like I, 
I offer $1 off if you add us or follow us on Instagram. So like that way I have like true buyers on my, on my, in my community. So it's like when I post something, these are people that are already buyers. And that's one of the reasons I didn't do air one right away because like no one knew who I was. I'd be on the shelf with a thousand other items. Like, and plus our product's weird and different. Like I wanted to wait until I had like a really big community, like you're talking about. So then I'm like, yo, I'm in air one. And then, you know, then we can fly off the shelf and I can take that velocity data to go to whole foods. But to go back about customer relationships, I mean, at the farmer's market, you know, like at the end of the day, it's like when they're buying, it's like, do I like this person? That's a lot of it. And like, that's why I always ask people's names. I always ask like what they're doing that day. And like, I try to like really get to know my customers and their lives. And, you know, when we're big, and I can't do that. It's going to be hard, but you know, we'll, we'll have other stories to go off of. Yeah. They're your ideal customers, right? They're people that, you know, you know, align with the Yobi brand, the Yobi image and community. So yeah, that's awesome. Understanding your ideal customer and what that looks like for you. You've shared so much great information today. And uh, I know you've inspired many of the listeners, um, you know, tuning into this podcast, where can students go to learn more about Yobi? The best way to learn is to experience. So I'd go to yobi.co, get some orders. There's, um, I'm pretty sure if you type in discount code UCLA, you probably get 20% off. If you're not at UCLA, go ahead and do that. You get 20% off your online order. So go try it, see what it's all about. But like, so that's one channel. I would maybe go to at Yobi Awesome, Yo Be Awesome. Uh, at Instagram, because our whole idea is to fuel you to be the most awesome self. And I, I wanted to mention this, Rose, is that like the cool thing about being an entrepreneur is you can create a business the way that you want to. You can do it the way that you want. And that could be something that defines your business. And so for us, like, I feel like we're like the punk rock vegan protein company, to be honest. And like, we just like give this kind of like indifferent, irreverent, like kind of silly, like, Thing on it because all the other vegan companies are like namaste bliss and just like but we're just kind of like in mm -hmm. your face doing what we do and like you know come come check us out we're a little weird and um it's definitely a great product and um i really appreciate you rose and feel free to dm me at you'll be awesome and if you have any questions or if you have a good idea and you want any feedback i'm here for you i love like mike like i have another business i know where this is about luvo or about yobi sorry and um, like, I'm just a full-breaded entrepreneur. I love every aspect of the entrepreneurship process. So if you're a student and you're like wanting feedback or anything, like feel free to DM me and we can schedule a time, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you so much, Hawkins. And you, you're absolutely right. The best thing I'd say about entrepreneurship is that, you know, everyone has something to share with the world, right? And entrepreneurship lets you do that in your own unique way, building your own community and, you know, bringing some value to the world. And that's awesome. Hawkins, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights with everyone, all of the rising entrepreneurs listening to this right now. And I wish you the best of luck with Yobi. Take care. Yobi, awesome. Later. That's the end of this episode with Student Entrepreneur 101. Today, we learned the story behind Yobi and listened to Hawkins share valuable insights to the entrepreneurial process. Before you go, make sure to head over to Student Entrepreneur 101 on Instagram at Student Entrepreneur 101 Podcast. Guys, I want to know what you like and what you don't like so far about Student Entrepreneur 101. And I want to know, what are you struggling with right now? What problems? 
problems are you facing that are preventing you from either launching or moving forward with your idea and business? I want to know. Please share what area you guys need help in because for all you student entrepreneurs out there, this podcast is for you. So let me know how I can best serve you. There will be a feedback form available to you all on the Instagram page. Go to the link tree in the Instagram bio to find the feedback form. All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode because I have even more stories, insights, and value to share with you coming soon. Mm -hmm.